Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'll take you for a ride on the devil's ship. I'll take you for a ride where you sink or swim. Now come with me and let this story begin. Viva, Christian. Welcome. Viva, welcome back. Absolutely. Yeah. A pleasure to be here. You're going to have the record for most appearances on this show. It's amazing. It's the hat trick now, right? I think it's been three times. I think Is this the fourth Poseidon or the third? This is the fifth? No, oh, no. way. It's I, either fourth or fifth, sir. That's crazy. Yeah, you're, you're an interesting man. Well, this is going to be an interesting discussion also. We are... Well, okay, so you're riding... Westmount Notre-Dame-de-Grasse. And you're Papineau yes, riding, I also PPC Candy, just so we know in case people yes. are unaware... Now, for people that don't know, Papineau is, uh, it includes Park X, where, where I'm from, mm-hmm. and that's Justin Trudeau's riding. Yeah. Super difficult. Any, whether you're conservative NDP, putting someone there is kind of like a death sentence because people want their candidate to be prime minister, and this yeah, is the only sure. chance people get. So it's very difficult. You got a lot of work ahead of you, Christian. Absolutely. Yes, yes. It's, it is in the lion's den, let's say. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's been going good so far. I mean, people are people nice? Ground, yeah, people are very nice. I had. I went around to get signatures, and uh, you get a lot of uh, a lot of people are like anyone but Trudeau, so they're they're nice to you. <laughs> That's funny. It, I, I'm yeah. seeing it in Westmount as well, but even, we should probably back it up before we get here because this mm. is it's been a learning experience in terms of running for office. So, I mean, I've never done it before, Kisto. I don't think you've ever Absolutely done it. Absolutely not. So you got to get approved by the party. The mm. party says yes, you're going to be the candidate. Then you got to go get a hundred valid signatures from. Voters in your writing. Which what makes them valid? Uh, legible addresses, okay. eligible voters. They can't just be they can't just be residents. They can't be citizens. Eligible voters for the writing. So to get a hundred, you imagine it's a five minute discussion with everybody who signs, oh God. and then yeah. it's sometimes a five to ten minute discussion with people who don't sign. So yeah, <laughs> it, it was. I mean, how, how did it go for you? Oh well, it's as you say. You know, sometimes you have you 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 have to invest the 10, 15 minutes to get a signature, and sometimes you invest the 10, 15 minutes and you don't get a signature. Sometimes they start to write. Sometimes they just want to be friendly. They start to write, then they ask what party you're from, and then you say PPC, and then they just stop. Literally. Now, what do they tell you about the PPC? What do they know about the PPC, and what do you tell them about the PPC? Uh, I, I suspect Christian and I get the exact same reaction. You guys are anti-vaxxers, extreme right-wing, uh, anti-science. That's all I xenophobic. see in the media. And I know you, for example, you were one of the first double-vax persons that I know. Uh, you were you are also a goddamn uh, a lawyer. Uh, you know your shit. You're definitely not anti-science. And I know we've discussed before, you're sure as fuck not uh, xenophobic. I am. It, it is. <laughs> these, the allegations are preposterous. What's amazing is I know Maxime and I know I... and. Pretty much everybody on the PPC don't like looking at people as, you know, ethnic checkboxes. Yeah. Yeah. Hyphenated Canadians, I like to call them. Like, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> not bad. That's a, but if you anybody who calls the party racist, xenophobic, whatever, they just have to go look at the slate of 312 candidates. And unless they're one of those people who thinks that any minority on that slate is a race traitor, you can't make the <laughs> yeah. affirmation seriously. So, but that's it. You, you know, people have been indoctrinated to think. Maxime's racist. He's a crazy nut wing who says all sorts of ridiculous things, not knowing half of those things are either exaggerated or 
in some cases, were overt jokes on Twitter that Journal de Montréal decided to run with as though they were serious statements, so misrepresentations in the media. They just, they believe things, they don't know why they believe them. After five or ten minutes, you can start making some headway, but then they have to want to do it on their own. So, Trudeau, we already know the Liberals right now, as far as I'm concerned, or as far as I know, they haven't released their actual platform for this, which is crazy because the election's a week away. Uh, the PPC, what are their main talking points? What do they want to do if they would win the election? Well, for sure, like my primary reason for joining the PPC as a candidate is uh, the COVID-related uh, measures, which mm. I find are completely egregious. Uh, violations of the charters are uh, just wholesale being done by provinces, and there's no one at the federal level that says, you know, hold, hold back. Hold Both back. the passport we're talking about and mm-hmm. mandating that nurses, doctors, uh, police officers, well, everybody... Everything from lockdowns to curfews to passports to face masks. You know, these are things which they're being done at the federal level. Or they're charter violations. They might be able to be justified if it gets to that point by Article 1 of the charter. But they're objective charter violations. Ordinarily, you would have a federal government that would step in and say, I think your language laws might be a problem. Let's go challenge this at the court. I think your mandatory vaccines might be a problem. Let's go challenge it in court. But instead of having a federal government uh, under the liberals that are defending constitutional rights, they're subsidizing and financing the violations. So you being a lawyer, is it weird for you to see you're, now you're trying to be part of the government and you're looking at the government violate fundamental rights that in a normal circumstance, people would fight back and try to sue the government. But given the emergency measures, everything I've seen go up against them gets shot down. I, I've been saying it multiple times. Uh, emergency measures, when you're two years into emergency measures, it's not the emergency that's the problem, it's the government. Yeah. For me, I, I find it shocking. I am familiar with Section 1 of the Charter, uh, the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. I know it says these are your rights uh, in as much as they can be uh, violated in accordance with the rules of a free society. I understand Section 1. That requires a court determination. And we haven't even gotten to anything on the merits we've had Two years of government orders by urgent uh, emergency decree edicts, yeah. edicts. Um, and nobody nobody is defending our rights. The odd case that gets to court gets dismissed because it's on an injunction or some interim basis, where the evidentiary hearings, the evidentiary rules are a little different than on the merits. But you have no federal government standing up for the rights of the citizens. So the, the bottom line, you know, number one item, PPC is going to defend the constitutional rights, manage an emergency in accordance with fundamental human rights and liberty. You're, you're not managing an emergency properly if you're crushing civil rights as a response. Which, so you kind of have the same experience where you saw things like this, Christian, and then you're like, I got to do something, so yeah. let me try to run. Yeah, so uh, one of the things that I did in June, July, I went to Florida just as a trip. Okay. And uh, I never felt so anxious crossing the border back. Oh. Like, Going home was, made was, you feel weird. Yes, I was like, what, what am I going back to? And uh, I was walking because you, you, you can't go back by plane, right? You, you get tossed to the hotel back yeah. then. So I just, I, I took a you go cab. go to Plattsburgh? Yeah, from Burlington to the border, then walked across the border. And you walked all, across the border? I, yeah, cab yeah, to the God Goddamn Syrian refugee, yeah. this is amazing. Yeah, that's it, that's it. Uh, I should have tried Roxham Road. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I've never is known it any- still open? I don't know, but I've never known anybody who actually crossed the border on foot. I, mean, I, know, I know this is amazing. And yeah. that, it, it felt absurd, first of all. I felt like uh, like I was standing in the middle of the street waiting for the light to go green so that I could walk up to the, the, the counter. And so I was like, strange. What, what, what kind of country sort of compels me to do something like that? 
It's it, this isn't home. I'm not coming home. I'm going back to clown world. But that's also one of the unscientific things that really bothers me. So if you were to drive or walk back, mm-hmm. that's fine. Yeah. If you fly back, you need to quarantine. Mm-hmm. But also at the time they said, remember in the beginning, you weren't allowed to drive out or bus out, but you were allowed to fly out. Yeah. Because now you're instead of being alone in your car. You're in a less dangerous environment, which is a plane where you're locked in with people using the same. It, none of this made no, any no, sense. None of it ever made any sense. And even the, I mean, I, the justification for why there would be a quarantine for air travel, but not for road travel. I can understand the rationale. It was in the decision that came out of the federal court. They said, if you're driving in, chances are you are more of a Isolated. resident. Well, you're, you, have, you have your travel plans. You're probably more local than if you're flying in. So flying in is international. Um, you know, that was the rationale. So they said there's more risk from inbound via plane than inbound via car. Which makes sense. That Yeah, and typically people coming in by car, they're going to be residing here. They're going to be citizens, whatever, residents. Where it didn't make any sense is that the rationale for justifying the quarantine hotels, the designated facilities, was that someone can test positive for 14 days after a negative test when they come back. So it, let's assume that that's the case. You can still test positive for up to 14 days and you're going to be a risk to society. That would not justify three days in a quarantine facility of a hotel. That would justify 14 days at worst. So even the logic didn't make any sense. The cost didn't make any sense. If you can test positive for 14 days, that would justify certain quarantine measures for two weeks once you get back, even in the presence of a negative test. It just didn't make sense. But the court basically just defers to the experts, defers to the government, and, you know, everyone washes their hand of responsibility, washes their hands of a difficult decision, and gets to say, well, it's the safer of the outcomes. And, and once you get home, you get harassed by phone call, robo, robocalls, yeah. you know, phone notifications. Like you're being constantly asked, did you violate quarantine? Which of course not. Wait, um, but even if you, this is the violent quarantine. So, you know, what bugs me is that you can come back with a negative test and it doesn't make a, a lick of difference. Yeah. You would still have to quarantine. For I know now days. they change yeah. the rules. I think if you're double vaxxed and you're coming in, you're fine. Because I have two buddies who flew together to the States. They had some comedy stuff to do. And when they came back, one was, uh, he wasn't double vaxxed. So he did, he had COVID and then he got one vaccine. Mm-hmm. And the other one only got his first vaccine recently. So he has to quarantine at home, the, the second guy. But the first guy, he's back. Neither of them got COVID. Neither of them tested positive. They both tested negative. One's out and about. The other one's still quarantining. And it's like, well, shouldn't the quarantine be for the sick? Shouldn't the quarantine be for those who, especially with these PCR tests that we know amplify everything. So even if it's a little bit, it'll make it seem like you have a lot. If, if that comes out as zero, yeah. why are we quarantining a not sick person? They're, they're forcing you to take a test, and they basically don't believe the test. Yeah, the test that they... That they give us that we already know is amplified. So if you have a little bit, it'll show a lot. Well, so the, the false positivity rate with the PCR tests is a known issue. Mm. For anybody who hasn't read up on it, you can read up yeah. on it. There's, it's, it's a known that the cycle rate, from what I understand, is such that it will have a lot of false positives because of the particular matter that it is cycling through. But the idea that you have to quarantine the healthy. I mean, never in my understanding of history... Have we ever quarantined the healthy? You've quarantined those who are at risk. You've quarantined those coming in on ships. For anybody who doesn't know the history, quarantine, quarantine, 40 days. Incoming ships stayed at port for 40 days to make sure the sick uh, got over their illness or were not not contagious. Pirate diseases like scurvy. But here now you're locking down the healthy. You're locking down the healthy, uh, even if they've been vaccinated, even if they've had COVID, even if they have a negative test. I mean, it is... You can't kill a fly with a sledgehammer, but you can certainly destroy the house trying. And that's basically what we've done. I I have not traveled outside of the country because I don't even want to worry about these things. Am I going to have to quarantine when I get back? Um, I have family friends who went out 
and they thought they're good because parents are parents are vaccinated, kids are too young. Except the kids weren't too young. So the 12-year-old who was not vaccinated had to quarantine for two weeks, coming back, whereas the parents didn't. It's, it's, it is, uh, I'm going to call it inhumane because the idea of forcing a 12-year-old kid to quarantine for two weeks, uh, my own personal experience now at our school, there was an outbreak, my kid wasn't in the class, but they said everyone in that kindergarten class has to self-isolate until they get a negative test, which could be a day, two days. And if they test positive, the idea is that they have to isolate a kid in kindergarten for however long, but under different circumstances, that would be child abuse. And now yes, people, neglect. people now think, okay, well, if the government is telling me to isolate my five-year-old kid in a room for up to two weeks, like they did in the Peel region, all of a sudden it's justified. I might not be up to date with the science, but are these kids that get COVID at five years old, are they having a lot of negative effects, dying? Or I thought they were not the danger category. Am I wrong about this? They're very far outside the, the danger category as far as the numbers go, if you look at the numbers. So again, I, we're the, doing the, the opposite the, of quarantining the sick, where even if they're sick, we're, we're kind of exaggerating and treating them like shit and scaring them. It, it is, first of all, they were, they were requiring quarantine from mere exposure, not even from actual positive tests, but, you know, people with the virus. Um, the kids, the risk, I mean, we know the stats, the media is sort of hyping up the risk now. They're hyping up the risk of the Delta variant with the kids while simultaneously ignoring the fact that a lot of kids are ending up in the hospital now, not from COVID, but from other respiratory viruses because they have been living like bubble kids is what one doctor described. Oh, I, th it as. I, thought, it, I thought it was because of COVID. That's no, what it's, it's, it's in CNN. It was an article in CNN. I shared it on Twitter, basically saying now the, I, the uh, pediatric wards are being filled up with non-COVID Ill viruses, uh, rhinoviruses, regular respiratory viruses that kids otherwise had natural exposure to and had an immunity to. But a year and a half, and one doctor referred to it as basically living like bubble boy, they are now going back to school, a year and a half of sanitizing, no exposure to natural germs. They are more vulnerable and they're falling more gravely ill than they did before. So it's like every single thing the government has done along the way has not helped and has actually exacerbated the 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 core problems and incidental problems. And we don't, as far as I understand, we don't have any actual recourse. So let's say in a year, the government says, look, looking back at the science, we overreacted. My bad. There's no recourse, right? There's no, because you could lose your business in the time. You could lose relative. I mean, people commit suicide. Uh, also now there's no recourse for this passport. This is the other thing that, that bothers me. I'm for people getting vaccinated, especially if they're at risk. Everything in your favor that you can do to help you, you fucking do it, okay? Now, do I know there's long-term side effects? I don't. Uh, the risks I'm taking is the same as, you know, the risks you took. And However, I do not agree with the passport because it doesn't make any sense. Because if I go to a restaurant where they will stop my friend from coming in because he's not vaccinated, but the guy stopping him doesn't need to be vaccinated. So the entire staff making the food who are not vaccinated have to stop someone who's also not vaccinated from eating that food. It doesn't make any sense. It, oh. it, it's, it's clearly punitive. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a compliance mechanism. Yeah, it's just not, listen to what I'm health, telling you. It's not a health measure. It's a compliance test. And, and just so nobody views that as a conspiratorial uh, framing, it's effectively what the government's saying. It is a pressure tactic. Mm -hmm. It is a coercion tactic. I, I'm um, not making any of this up. No, you, it's, you it's, don't have, as an employee, you don't have to be vaccinated. But as a person who goes, you do need to be vaccinated. But even me as a comedian performing in theaters, I do not or nor my team need to be vaccinated. But everyone who comes and sees me has to be vaccinated. So, And I'm not saying we should all get vaccinated, we should all not get vaccinated. I'm just saying the rules don't even follow science. It doesn't make any th sense. This, just bear in mind. Plus, if you're vaccinated, if you do catch it from someone who's not vaccinated, 
you're the one that's going to get the mild symptoms. You're going to get through it. And the guy who's not vaccinated should theoretically have the extreme ones. So you're prote- it doesn't make any sense. Because you can still spread it. Yeah. Even the, if you're the, vaccinated. The vaccine passport, uh, there is no science that has been proven or shown yet to justify the measure. And Francois Legault said as much as like, I don't want to have a public debate on this because I don't want people being exposed to misinformation. So yeah. let's, not, let's just not share any of the alleged uh, science that could possibly justify this. But it is punitive or at the very least, a reminder in as much as of the curfew was. Remember when we had mm-hmm. the curfew, Horatio Ruda said, there is no concrete scientific evidence to show the effectiveness of a curfew to combat a virus, but it will remind people how serious the situation is. And that's what this is. This is an attempt to get the last 20% who are not vaccinated vaccinated through coercion, through the threat and the actual deprivation of civil rights and liberties. But, but, it's, but what's the point? If even when they get vaccinated, we're not going back to normal, you haven't allowed people that are vaccinated to live a normal life. And also, the other thing that, that's been screwing with me the last couple of days, I've been thinking about a lot with the passports and everything, they're, they're willing to take away people's rights and then find excuses for it, is you keep moving the goalpost. The, the goalpost, do you recall? Where 70%, 80%, two not, weeks. It started at two weeks. Yeah, well, it started also as, you know, we're going to vaccinate the people who are at risk, yeah. and then we're going to start reopening. Now, we're so far beyond that in terms of percentage, and as far as reach of people who are really at minimal risk from this disease, all got vaccinated. Yeah. It's so it is far. over 95%, 70 and over, who are the most vulnerable, double-vaxxed. Mm-hmm. And now... The argument is that you have to vaccinate children in the event that asymptomatic children or pre-symptomatic children are such a threat to those who have already been vaccinated that they themselves need to be vaccinated for a virus which, as far as their demographic goes, has minimal, from all statistics, minimal serious impact. But that's what bothers me because even if they're vaccinated, they can still spread it. Vax or unvax, you can still spread it to the people that are at risk. But if the people that are at risk already got two vaccines, your vaccine is not going to change it. It's complete lunacy. It's, it's, it's beyond it. And, and you mentioned something which I forgot I wanted to address before. I'll get the, there um, in a second. I'll just interrupt while you think yeah. about it. And the, the, uh, we're stopping children from basically building th- that immunity, which is natural, which is now shown to be 6 to 13% more effective studies yeah. out of Israel. Yeah, and, and uh, Bloomberg this- dropped that, uh, bomb, that, that bomb last week. Bloomberg said uh, the studies now show that people who went through COVID are 13 times yeah. stronger against it than double-vaxxed individuals who, who, that didn't... Who would have ever thunk that, the, if you believe in God, that the system that God designed over hundreds of thousands of years of evolution would be more effective than... Man-made creations are good. And you don't even need to believe in God or anything. Just some common sense and also science. That's what we have these systems for. And we saw people this whole time, 99.9 whatever percent of people that got it. When, uh, I've said it before, I'll say it again, and I'll say it as often as anybody's going to listen. The lockdown measures have killed more kids than COVID, period, unequivocally, categorically. And the government is only counting one number now, and it makes it very easy uh, to measure success or failure based on that one number. But numbers are only relevant in comparison to other numbers. So when you say, uh, you know, uh, two, two children under 20 in Quebec died, when you see the overdoses, when you see the suicides or suicide attempts, and now they're, by the way, they're coming back on that original article that they wrote back at CBC back in 2020 that suicides have gone down or haven't gone up like everyone predicted. There's a, there's a lagging effect there, but now they're coming out and they're you know, coming out with more accurate statistics now, something like 200% increase in emergency calls, suicide calls. They're going to see the impact of this. But what's the win? <laughs> well, what's, uh, I, this is the thing that, that I don't get. 
is what's the the end game? Yeah, uh, there, there are theories, uh, some of them more kooky than others. Uh, you could see it as corruption. I mean, we've had cases of corruption with the cigarette industry and yeah. the, like the food pyramid. Now, most people know the food pyramid is, is a distribution mechanism for production. Yeah, it, I found that out not, recently. It's all bullshit. Yeah, it's not health related. It's, yeah. it's distribution related. Now, you could see that having 7 billion customers who need recall shots every six months forever would be kind of a good motivation to send I'm, a couple of dollars to a couple of people to help make it happen. Yeah, I've and heard I am that not too. saying that's happening. No, 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 but absolutely I, not. But but big pharma, dude. I was reading up with him this morning. Uh, some of the biggest criminal uh, fines ever paid were from big pharmaceutical yeah, companies. Pfizer. Absolutely. Yeah. We just did uh, did a live stream with Robert Barnes where we talked about the Johnson and Johnson uh, the talc powder. I think it was Johnson and Johnson. It was really? causing yeah. cancer. Causing cancer. Yeah. They knew, but they, you know, apparently they knew about it. Apparently they had documents internally confirming the risk. They made the Fight Club calculated risk. You know, how much does it cost to recall versus how much does it cost if we have to settle out of court if we get sued? Yeah. This is the same company that people are now just blindly trusting, unquestioningly. And I, it's not to call in doubt the vaccine. It's just a question of saying, on the one hand, you have the utmost of distrust for big pharma, you, that you see them overtly paying out big fines for covering up stuff that they knew. And now it's just, you're a, you're a heretic. Is it a heretic or a heretic? heretic. You're a heretic yeah. for even daring to say, maybe we should slow down a little bit before talking about forced vaccination of kids 12 to 18 who are at virtually no risk to the virus. And we're starting to see now are going to be at much better uh, adaptation at dealing with it if they actually contract it. And yeah. Lord knows what happens. What happens mm -hmm. when you suppress or suppress or artificially stimulate the immune of a developing kid for one virus, what does it do with respect to other viruses? And, and we're seeing it sort of start to happen now, and it wasn't rocket science to predict. It wasn't rocket science to predict, and, I, and I've seen scientists talk about that. There's science that come out and say the same thing. Well, you know, adults, like, you know, we should be uh, getting the vaccine and protect yourself, but kids, they're still developing it, and I haven't seen a reason why they should. And it makes sense to me why kids should kind of develop an immunity, especially since we know that the the risks of the what's happening with the disease with most kids and uh what they're saying are two different things what they're saying is a lot of fear-mongering they make it seem like anyone who catches this disease at that age dies or has respiratory problems which is not the case i don't know how they're allowed to say it but uh, and there's no uh, again there's no repercussions for it's it's garbage in garbage out from the media because we, we saw two stories over the last weekend one about Hospitals being overloaded with people ODing on invermectin. Invermectin. Ivermectin. Yeah, that wasn't true either. Horse the, the warmer. Yeah, no, no, which is not even what Rogan took. It, yeah, no, not it, at it all. Doesn't, it doesn't matter. It was a bull. I mean, it's funny. It's Rolling Stone uh, running this story. It was. It was a. It was a bogus article. They quoted a doctor who allegedly hadn't worked at that hospital for two months. Had no idea what was going on. Maddow rolls with it. All of mainstream media rolls yeah. with it. And then the other story that I broke down on my channel was. Uh, a healthy 16-year-old who has COVID pneumonia oh, in yeah. both lungs should have gotten the vaccine. And the tweet, I, I, if anybody's seen the video, you'll know, I'll repeat it now. It's not about fat shaming and there's no but. The tweet said, a healthy 16-year-old followed the doctor's guidelines, stayed home, wore a mask all the time, contracted COVID in both lungs. I go to read the article. The 16-year-old is morbidly obese in, in the most objective, I mean, like, it's morbidly... Beyond the pale, yeah, morbidly yeah. obese. You read the article, turns out she also has sleep apnea. You read the article, it turns out her mother has diabetes, which might increase the likelihood yeah, yeah, of her yeah. having diabetes. And they're trying to use this, they're trying to exploit this kid 
regard, you know, I don't think this 16 year old wanted to have her image slapped all over mainstream media. Nope. They're trying to use this kid as the example for a healthy kid who gets COVID because she didn't get vaccinated and ends up in the hospital. It's shameless, inaccurate exploitation of children to push a narrative. And those are the examples that they have. Kids better get vaccinated because this healthy 16-year-old ended up with pneumonia. I mean, we know that the flu it kills more kids and lands more kids in the hospitals than COVID. We knew it from the beginning. We have two years of stats now. We also know now uh, that Fauci seemed to have, uh, he lied to Congress last month. Did you see that that article I, that came out? I haven't out? seen enough of it. What? Yeah. I, but, but we, I mean, we, we knew he lied when he yeah. said there was no gain of fun, gain of but access. But that's what I'm talking. Basically, when Rand Paul was grilling him and he's like, "You don't know what gain of function is," we didn't do it. But he started changing the definition. Well, documents came out now of the uh, what is it, the NIH? Yeah. Uh, what they were defining as gain of function is what they were doing there, and he was fully aware of it. So he blatantly lied, thinking they're not going to see this. He, he first, we anyone knew he was lying when yeah. he said, Mr. Paul or Rand Paul, I find this offensive that you're calling me a liar, and then starts nitpicking on the definition of gain yeah. of function. And then he lied about financing Wuhan. He said, yep. We didn't do it, but it, it went through a, a third party NGO. Uh -huh. Liars, liars through and through. We all knew it, and now you have the evidence to back it up. But you know, there, there's going to be no consequences. There never yeah. are, and it's just par for the course. Like these headlines, they just catch up. People hang on to them, and by the time you know that they're false, they like moved the damage, on to the next. They've moved story, on yeah. to the next headline. So it 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 we're really fighting a the best oiled machine I think I've ever seen. Yeah, and also you as a lawyer, do you see how crazy it is that there's no recourse, or is there recourse right now for let's say. Um, Let's say if my business, I own a restaurant, and because now I can no longer allow people that are not vaccinated to come in, let's say that's 80% of my clientele, and I go out of business because of this man, I have no recourse, or people in general, because it's against our Charter of Rights and Freedoms, no one can sue the government and be like, hey guys, I do not want to show uh, my vaccine passport. You, you, you reminded me, it was about the recourse. Not only, okay. do we not, not only do you not have recourse in the ordinary run of things, they, there is specifically no recourse now. The, vac the vaccine manufacturers have immunity. You have the governments giving immunity to the long-term healthcare facilities that were responsible. For killing all those for, old people. I won't say killing, but for causing the death of, because we now know, I don't remember if we talked about it here, uh, that for every two elderly people who died from COVID in long-term care, they estimate one other died of non-COVID, negligence, yeah, I heard dehydration. That. And the report came out. It's, a, it's, the, it's the Canadian military that put the report out. And in that context also, you know, at the time they were saying, well, how many people are dying from non-COVID? And they're saying, well, we don't know. We're not counting those. We're just putting them in as COVID. I remember we're, that. We're, yeah. I, I don't know if they were putting them in as COVID, but they were. Saying, we're not even counting them. All we're counting is COVID deaths because that we're myopic and that's the only metric of success now. Bring that number down even if every other number goes up. But that's impossible because we can't get to COVID zero. If COVID is... If COVID is the strain that we're saying it is, and it's very similar to our yearly flu, just stronger for certain people, then this is not something to get zero to. Because even the flu, which has a yearly vaccine, and the flu is something we all pass and we gain immunity, always mutates and changes. We can't get to flu zero, even though they now they say we did, which is bullshit. By saying things like this, that means that we're never going to get back to freedom. Because if the if the barometer is get to COVID zero, it's impossible. No. That's like saying get the earth to stop turning, and, yet, and then we'll change the rules. We're always being told it's just a few people who disobeys that stops us from this mythical COVID zero. Right? Yeah. We're so close to COVID zero. It's that's not what true. Well, no, it, no, it's not true. But that's what we're being sold. That there's just if you can convince your 
crazy uncle who's a conspiracy theorist to take the vaccine, then it's all going away. But if 100% but of us no. are vaccinated, it still doesn't change anything. It, no, because it's still going to move around. And, yeah. and it never started as COVID zero. And it never should have gotten there. And way back in the day when people were, some people on the fringe, and I say the fringe of the left side of the spectrum, were saying some doctors were like, get to COVID zero. And people are like, no, that's not possible. But the, the, tar- the goalposts have been moved from flatten the curve to not overwhelm the healthcare facilities to effective COVID zero. And then it became mainstream. It's an impossible goal. It's not that uh, COVID is like the flu. It's COVID is a coronavirus, which is it's a, it's a variation of what might seem to be a man-made or man-altered variation of, but setting that aside, it's a, it's a variation of the coronavirus, which has existed forever. That's why you saw, you know, on the disinfectants, it does not kill coronavirus. It's why yeah. you saw it on the boxes before this happened. It's been around. It will always be around. And now you're starting to have some provinces, some countries say, we got to learn to live with it. But in the meantime, it was two weeks to flatten the curve, not to overwhelm the healthcare facility. What has the government done to, you know, ramp up the healthcare facility? In those two years, nothing. They spent hundreds of millions of dollars on COVID ads. They spent or announced they're going to invest a billion dollars in a COVID app. COVID vaccine passport yeah, faxi code. I feel like an idiot now that I declined that uh, to appear in that COVID ad. Remember that when I said no? <laughs> I, I, know, I don't remember anything that is not public, but yeah. <laughs> the, um, no, the, you imagine, like, we need to bone up on the healthcare system. And yeah. what does Trudeau, a billion dollars for an app. How about putting that billion dollars into the healthcare system and protect the vulnerable and let the rest of society go on as a free society? And now we're about to put nurses on leave. Well, that was where okay. I was going. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I have a very strong stance on this. I'm very angry about them coming out and saying doctors and nurses that do not want to get vaccinated are going to be suspended without pay. And I'll tell you why I have this stance. Because a year and a half ago, these were our heroes. They were the frontline workers. This is before we knew that COVID wasn't 98% safe. We thought, you get this, 50-50, you might die. And they were still on the front lines trying their best, trying to save people. When we didn't know the ventilators were killing people, they were fucking out there like, I don't know why people are dying. They were fighting it. They were our best in society. Doctors and nurses fighting on the front lines, risking their own lives, not knowing, trying to help everyone. Those same people, a year and a half later, were telling them, you're not getting a paycheck anymore because you refuse to comply. The people that have been fighting that disease on the front line who maybe have caught it, went already through it, and if they did already get it, whether they're asymptomatic or not, they're 13 times more protected, we know now, science, than someone who didn't get it and is double-vaxxed. And yet you're going to suspend the pay of people who risked everything to help us. The, the fact that the government is not backing these people up and they're throwing them under the bus as some kind of a scapegoat is unacceptable. And it, 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 we should remember this in history, uh-huh. how disgusting that is. Yes, absolutely. And uh, we're also barring volunteers, long-term caregivers from continuing their work if they're not double-vaxxed. People who volunteer to help old people. If yeah. double-vaxxed meant you can never get the virus, you can't spread it, there's an there argument. Would be a case. Yeah. There's an argument to be made. Since the only thing we know scientifically it does is your own symptoms, not your own uh, chance of getting. Because getting it, it depends on the viral load mm-hmm. that you're um, uh, exposed to. Yeah. yeah. So it does not change any of the other stuff. It, it, this is crazy to me. Well, this is I, unacceptable. I, I'm glad you took that position, so no one's going to think that I'm copying it because I tweeted it out yesterday. The they <laughs> exploit them knowing the risk because the vaccine's been around for a long time now yeah and it was never a question of making it mandatory for them uh, after the sac- I mean, let alone the sacrifice that they've made it's like you, you're that you threw them on the front lines like soldiers in a war and now that they've you know you, you got what they you served their them, purpose they served their purpose brush them aside out of a question of unscientific principle if you want to re- reduce the risk 
of spreading COVID, it would seem to me that a negative test would probably be more effective than compelled vaccination. Yeah. But no, don't go for the logical solution. Go for the one that allows you to create the scapegoats so that this inevitable fourth wave that they all knew was coming, they've got an easy blame. Not the fact that the vaccines don't work quite as well as everyone thought or said they were going to work. Now you can blame it on the 20% who are not fully vaccinated. And what percentage of healthcare workers are not vaccinated? It's a minute fraction yeah. of of the majority. It's thousands overall, but in, in yeah. the grand scheme of no, things... It's, I don't, it's, it, enough, it's, it's enough to yeah. harm the system quite a lot if they all decide to pull in together yeah. and say, you know what, we're, we're still going to show up. You're going to have to fire us. You're going to have to forcefully... No, they, and they, the main they, problem... They will. They will. Yeah. The main problem of... The, for years, they've been understaffed. They've been underfunded. Has never been addressed. I have nurses in my... I know nurses. I talk... They're understaffed. They, they, they double shift. They work through COVID. They, and again... This was when they did not know the survival rate. They risked mentally. They're like, I have a family, but I'm risking everything for society. And they went in there. How do you screw these people over now and, and kick them it, out of their job? It's crazy. To well, me. It, it's just, it's just you know, how wars are fought with people sitting in ivory towers, throwing uh, the lowly citizens to their fate. It's like, and, and then the lack of gratitude, but the lack of logic, the lack of science for the numbers that they are, uh, and then also dealing with the fact that we've had shortages, we've had staffing shortages, not just for two years, for two decades. I mean, and, and we've talked about this, 2018, in the flu season, they had to suspend elective surgeries in some Toronto hospitals because they were understaffed. Yeah, my and friend's so, elective surgery was also postponed a couple of times this year. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, I, I heard an awful story on a guy calling in in Australia who doctors would refuse to see him given the fact that they have like one case in Queensland. Doctors refuse to see him, sends in a picture of, of a welt on his skin that's infected. They diagnose, they give him antibiotics, uh, doesn't go away, gets worse, sends in a picture again to another doctor. They say that's looks malignant. They take a biopsy malignant beyond, you know, they now tell me he's got 12 months left to live. Um, you, we've known about the problems. But even here, I don't know the legality of this, but one of our friends who was a frequent uh, guest on his podcast his wife, who had two twins, uh, called in to go visit one of the doctors, a dermatologist or something, and they said, oh, we don't accept, we're not going to see you, uh, we don't see patients that are uh, not double-vaxxed. Which is, it, how do doctors make that decision now? I don't, like, isn't that segregated? I, like, I said it, I predicted it when they came out with this stupid vaccine passport. The, uh, Legault says it's only going to be for non-essential services. We're going to roll it out for restaurants, gyms, and what's the other one? Cafes, whatever. Yeah. Theaters. I said, if the, if the rationale is that this is so bloody dangerous that the unvaccinated are existential threats to the vaccinated, it makes no sense that it should only be limited to non-essential. It's only a matter of time before yeah. that happens. Mm -hmm. And now, and yesterday they come out and they say, we're rolling it out. And by the way, you can't make hospital visits unless you're double vaccinated. We'll make an exception if someone's on their deathbed. But other than that, to visit someone in a hospital, you have to be double vaccinated. I mean, this is, it's not a slippery slope anymore. You just know it's going to be a moving goalpost. And by their own logic, it had to go there. Because if it was so dangerous, you can't let the unvaxxed into restaurants. You don't want to let them into hospitals. And it's just, it's just going there for a... But it's not... What, what, what boggles the mind is none of this is scientific. The, None of this is logic-based. This is all uh, emotion, fear-based. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you have people online who present numbers, and, and when you look at headlines and then you go look at the numbers, you can see how headlines are generated. Yeah. Someone told me, like, kids are five times more hospitalized with the Delta variant. That's not true. So, so I went to the CDC's website, and I looked at the number, and I'm like, actually, that's like 3 4%. 
And he's like, no, but it's in relation to adults who've been vaccinated. And then you, you see that they're, they're spinning, they're stretching the truth as much as it can reasonably, a case can be reasonably made that this headline is not complete horse crap, but it is. Again, I don't it, get it, the end goal. Well, uh, it, the end goal, it's it, money and control are typically the end goals of everything. So But aren't people going to, like right now, mo I, I'm going to say most of Quebec is double vaccinated. More than half is double I vaccinated. I believe it's over 80%, at, give or take. Once it gets, let's say, to 90%, because mm -hmm. look, you're not going to get 100%. 100% my buddy Alfie Gagné said the best thing. 100% of people don't even pay their taxes. You're not going to get 100%. Now, 100%, if we get to the 90%, and now everyone that you see is double vaccinated, and shit stays the same, you don't think people who never ask questions are going to start asking questions? I, they'll, they'll find my, my, look, it's very easy to whip people up into irrational thought by making them fearful for their lives. I mean, f fear is a, the greatest driving human emotion out there. Um, and I see, I mean, I see it now when you listen to the news and you see what they're, what's going on and what's happening and how they frame stories, they are driving the narrative. They are driving the stats and they are getting people to now be fearful of things that, Six months ago, they never were. Like, can you imagine now? People think it's normal to ask someone else about their vaccination status. Yeah. People now think that they have something to fear if they go to work and don't know their, their colleague's vaccination status. And I'm telling you, nobody had that thought until the media starts coming out with studies saying, you know, Canadians don't want to go to work if they don't know that their colleagues are vaccinated. Nobody had that thought yeah. until the media planted it there and they, they watered that plant of fear into an actual fear among a lot of people. But I, I've had discussions. People are, are so engulfed by their own fear, they've stopped thinking rationally and logically. And they do think, even at this stage, if you contract COVID, you're going to die. And I mean, that, that's, and it's, it's an existential threat. And they will look to anyone to blame. First of all, you'll never get to 100% because people cannot get vaccinated. Some people medically cannot get vaccinated. You'll never get to 100%. Yeah, it's, it's, that's what I'm saying. You know, is this goalpost. It, it was never the goal. And, and, and the question is, it, should it ever even be the goal? I mean, should it not have been the goal to let the healthy have developed natural immunity to this? That, that is herd immunity, as far as I understand it. Sweden, is, it's working for Sweden. Well, that's yeah. it's, it's not born out of vaccines. It's born out of people developing natural immunity. Yeah. And the vaccine was there to protect those who are at risk. And now it's just, it's just become vaccinate everyone yeah. twice, get the booster. Pfizer apparently will have a pill to, for those who are COVID positive despite double vaccination and boosters. Two pills of twice a day. They're going to call it, I can't believe it's not ivermectin. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. And then we see with the stats coming out of India, you see the stats coming out of Sweden, you see the stats coming out of Israel. Three countries that the media doesn't really want to talk about all that much anymore because Israel does not fit the narrative. Sweden never did. They stopped talking about it last yeah, year. Yeah, they stopped talking about it last year. Yeah. And, and from what I understand, India does not fit the narrative either in terms of their treatment, but that would be venturing a little bit further mm -hmm. than what I... A gynecologist last year I got into argument with because he's like, yeah, Sweden, uh, they're all dying, they're, they're all, all dead. And I was like, oh. what? No, they're not. And, and, I mean, and the, whole, the whole existential threat thing, the, the, the idea that we as a society would not survive COVID, however, like there's been 4 million deaths worldwide in 2020 and 140 million babies born. So, I mean, we're fighting whatever, it, baby. <laughs> like, whatever we do, this is not ending us at all. Like, no, it it's, doesn't mean it's not bad. doesn't mean we shouldn't make the We should make to every save. effort to protect ourselves and protect the people around exactly. us. Exactly. But I feel like it's not the vulnerable that are, are, are getting protected. I feel like everyone is just getting thrown in to this weird, it's, dystopian future where you have to show your vaccine status I, I, to a child I, at a door who's not a vaccinated. It doesn't... I took a picture. I mean, it, it is... It, 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 could, it could very... 
it can be very difficult to justify this. So we go to a restaurant and it says, here we show our proof of vaccination. I was like, it, it is, and it makes sense to people now because, yeah, sure, I did my part. You should do yours. This is how you pit people against each other. Yeah. You did your part for you. I, you didn't do but your they part think they did it for someone else, which doesn't mean I've heard people tell me the vaccines we get are not for us. They're for the vulnerable. I go, no, the vulnerable get their vaccines. You're and just other, as likely to catch other, it and give it. If you're not, if you're sick, don't see people. Yeah. If you think, if you've been, mm-hmm. there are other ways to deal with it other than literally flattening the curve of humanity to flatten the curve of, of COVID. But I mean, the, you, you gotten to a point now where we're seeing the, the devastating effects in terms of anxiety, self-harm, uh, overdoses of a certain demographic. Also, why do they keep calling double vaccinated people anti-vaxxers? Because they don't want a vaccine the passport. passport. Yeah. yeah, we had the same discussion. Literally, like none of us are anti-vaccine. None of us are. Mm. We're all for science. We're all anti-passport. Mm. I couldn't be happier when my dad got the vaccine because yeah. clearly it would have taken him out like a bullet. Had there he you got go. It. Yeah. So, so I mean, like, and, I, and, and even if he, if he is subscribed to, for life to it, like he doesn't have a whole lot of years anyway. So fair it, enough. But I, and also, I mean, the, the risks. There are different risks depending on your age and 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 the long term effects. Long term for someone who's already at the advanced age of. A vulnerability. Am I too young? Is, you think you think I shouldn't have gotten vaccinated? I, first of all, it's, and I don't like the government telling me to convince people to get a yeah. vaccine. I'm not a doctor, and the government asking citizens to tell other citizens to take medical procedures yeah. is it self negligence? I mean, you have doctors. Legault comes out and says, "All you vax people, I want you to go and convince someone else to get vaccinated." How would if I, I'm Look, not a man, doctor? If the Pfizer vaccine kills me, uh, I want you guys to go out and take out Pfizer yeah. <laughs> and the government. Anyone who's responsible. It's no promises. It's, it's like the Homer Simpson when he's going in for the heart surgery and he says, "Marge, if I die under the table, I want you to do one thing for me." And it's like, I, 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 I don't want anyone thinking I'm actually promoting violence. It was just a very funny. Yeah, yeah. It went through my head. I go get the vax. Okay, look, uh, the risk of getting the vaccine is strictly for me. And I said, okay, look, I'll, I'll take my risk one way or the other. I had my calculation. I had my reasons. I play with, you know, my kids daycare in the park all the time. Yeah. It, I'm neurotic. So if I were to get someone sick or if someone were to get sick and I would feel like I gave it to them, fine. I, I, I took that calculated risk. I think my risk, my risks were minimal either way, but you have developing kids, you have pregnant women, you have uh, people with medical conditions, religious conditions. This is not what society is supposed to be about. Someone thinking that they have the right to know if their colleague is vaccinated. I mean, it's about as logical as thinking you have the right to know if your colleague has herpes. You can get it from them. You yeah. can sit on the same toilet seat. I mean, I guess if you share cutlery, there's a chance. It's, it's like it was never anybody's business, by and large, let alone under the context of a virus that has these survival rates for the better part of the population. And I found that that's one of the hardest things was usually when people would ask if I'm vaccinated, I just blurt it out. And yeah. now I, I make it a... Uh, a duty to sort of say, well, I'm not answering that question anymore. It's none of your like, fucking business. Because I, 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 because I don't have anything to hide. First of all, I'll I've been just... flying around, so use your own judgment, you, yeah. you dipshit. Just, I ask if they, yeah. if, they, if they have oral herpes. I mean, that's it. Yeah. Okay, well, why is that any of your right? Well, if I eat at your place, I want to know. I mean, there's a chance that something bad can happen to me, so it's my business, your personal medical condition for COVID. I mean, the COVID, it's just the specific sets of the circumstances. Everybody you talk to, who will accuse me of being an anti-vaxxer. It happened yesterday. It was the only time it actually happened when I was hanging up PPC signs. Someone said, oh, you're the anti-vax group. I was like, I'm double vaccinated. I'm not you anti- were double vaccinated early. I, I, I said, I'm not anti-vaxxer. I just don't think that a 13-year-old should have to get vaccinated in order to go to a coffee shop with her friends. Yeah. And he says, well, why not? 
It's like, because first, because that's not how society works. And that's not, that's it's, against the science. And he says, well, when I was a kid, I got my mumps and my polio shot. It's like, that's not all, what this is. Mumps and polio as diseases are different than COVID. Yeah. The mumps and polio vaccines compared to COVID vaccines are different. Yep. If this has been around, and this is my own personal opinion, when this has been around for five to 10 years, and we have seen potentially any longer term effects, I will feel much safer recommending it to young people and anybody. In as, you know, in as much as I'm not a doctor. But th these are not the same, but in their minds, COVID, Dershowitz was on, um, where was he on? Fox News, said COVID's worse than smallpox. It's like, no, it's not. And for anybody to actually think that, it shows the degree to which their, their logic and their reasoning has been skewed by their panic and terror. Mm. He, he literally said, I'm not, I'm not mischaracterized. I like Dershowitz. He's been on my show twice, my channel twice. Smart guy. But you can see where someone through two years of day in and day out fear, fear porn yeah. sits there and says, COVID is more dangerous than smallpox. I mean, it just is a different disease and the people who are at risk are different demographics. And as far as it goes for kids and anyone under 70, it's not the same thing. I feel like you're trying to tell me I'm too young and I should not have been vaccinated. I do not give anyone medical uh, medical either. advice. I'll give legal advice. I hope I don't drop it. If you give legal advice, tell me how I'm going to sue the government. So, for, <laughs> don't, don't waste, your, don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. I mean, You'll be fine. I, you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah we're going to be fine. No, I'm not, I, like I said, I've been doing my research uh, and what it feels like is, okay, there are the cases of people that initially they take it, they have a reaction, they get Guillaume Barre and all that. It's very, very small. I think I would have already had something like that. And long-term, the way it seems... I think the biggest issue is that it's less effective than what they assume. Mm -hmm. So all this is nonsense and we're going to have to keep getting stuff. That's the biggest well, fear and, for me is that it's useless. And that's the people who think they support the vaccine passport now when it starts becoming annual boosters, twice mm -hmm. annual boosters. Then they're going to say, well, geez, can you just, you know, my body is not a vessel for your for your medicine. Like, yeah, that can be good for us also, right? Like, I, I, I'm not a Because already kids, no. they space out the vaccines because like, you know, your immune system can't handle all this at once. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, it's about the Guillain-Barré syndrome. That that it's rare, though. It's exceedingly rare, but it's exceedingly rare. It's a risk with all vaccines. Yeah, like, yeah. It's and incidentally, it's a risk with all infections. I mean, you can get GBS from because it's a from, neuro. Yeah, it'll, it's your, yeah, your body attacks its own nerves. And yeah. a member of my family, not immediate family, but close family, had a serious case. Was on a respirator and made a decent recovery. They didn't think he would. Good, but, for, good for him. Yeah, no, it took took like a year of rehab, but. Um, but uh, the GBS, you can get GBS from an infection. So you could, in theory, get it from the virus, getting the virus, and you can get it from any vaccine. So He got IBS. Do you know where he got that it, from, sir? I, I'm going to say you got, from, <laughs> you got it from your mother, Poseidon, because yeah. I've got IBS also. Yeah, you got, it's genetic. They call it the nervous, the nervous stomach. Yeah, his stomach does hurt when he gets nervous. Yeah. Like a, a troll and, and you have a hyperactive bladder? Uh, no, but, like, I'll, I'll have to shit if I get nervous. <laughs> Well, he's very elo eloquent. No, I, and I won't tell so, you my BM uh, movements. Sorry. But I will have to use the washroom. You'll have to go BM if you yeah. if <laughs> well, Number two. But yeah, we got no recourse, which is what scares me, is we can't give the government that much power. You, oh, no. you, and, the and people who think we're just a, just around the corner, like the, the federal government invests a billion dollars in what Justin Trudeau says is a temporary measure until the federal government rolls out a permanent system. Yeah, who who can look at this and say, yeah, we're just we're just about to end this. If if there's a little bit more compliance, we'll be out of this can, whole can situation. You, can you also imagine a billion dollar investment is not a temporary investment? I mean, you don't invest a billion dollars to then and why are you tear, the, tear the bridge down in a passport and put that money in hospitals. The, I was going to swear. I don't. I don't swear often. <laughs> invest that billion dollars in the healthcare system. Yeah, Incentivize yeah. workers to get into the... Some people accuse me of being nothing but a naysayer criticizer. 
But they say, mm. you have to hear my positive ideas. And I've been saying them for a while now. Incentivize healthcare workers and doctors to come back to Canada and to work. And one easy way, maybe income tax-free income yes. for a certain amount of time. Maybe forever. Maybe it's a benefit of working in healthcare. You don't pay income tax. Let me tell you something. I'm all for that. If you're telling me, like the nurses now, they want. if you're telling me a nurse, I, I know nurses who work in the ICU, they're super understaffed. Like yeah. There's 15 people, there's three of us, and we're double shifting. Mm -hmm. So these nurses, if you're telling me, look, Pantel, this is what's going to happen. We're incentivizing these nurses. They get paid. They pay zero tax. They keep all the money. You know what I'm going to say? Hell yes. Yeah, absolutely. And They're the ones risking their lives. They're the ones working all these shifts. They're the ones that if I, I'm in trouble, I have to go see them. Do you know why the government doesn't contemplate this? Is because instead of taking money out of my pocket, they are preventing people from putting money into their pocket. Yeah. So it, it, it is... It's a cost-free solution, in a sense. I mean, sure, you're going to lose income tax for, for federal budgets and provincial buds, budgets. Not that much in the grand not, scheme of things. If we're talking about offsetting costs, you know, like they say, like, convince someone to get the vaccine, you save X amount of dollars in healthcare. Yeah. Incentivize nurses, healthcare professionals, any staff working in the healthcare system, no income tax. I'm, you, I'm you will down for that. You will incentivize people. But what do they do? They know they have a shortage, and they implement this unscientific, unconstitutional, mandatory vaccine notwithstanding legitimate religious exceptions, notwithstanding, uh, I don't think they're recognizing religious exemptions. I think they're recognizing medical exemptions. I don't know what they consider to be a legit one. Now, religion it, doesn't exist in the federal government right now. They said it doesn't matter. We don't care what you believe. I, I know they're doing that in British Columbia. They're not recognizing religious exemptions. But so, and what do they do? I that thought Trudeau was pro-choice. I didn't know that he went this, uh, I thought he was pro-choice. But apparently it's my body, his choice now. The liberals yeah. are, the irony, conservatives are not conservative anymore. Liberals are not liberal. That's yeah, so weird. Liberals have become fundamentally illiberal. And I mean the politicians, not the, not the people. The people, mm. you know, lowercase l liberals are, are good people with yeah. good ideologies. The government itself, once you taste power and you see Trudeau getting on that stump, talking about those people putting our children at risk and you have to do it. If you don't want to do it, you're not going to get on an airplane knowing full damn well the minorities and the demographics who are more underrepresented in terms of vaccination. The, the liberal party is liberal only in name, yep. as, as is the conservative, ironically enough. Yeah, there's such weirdness. So how do you guys feel confident about your campaigns? Well, confident. Uh, <laughs> I'm facing Justin Trudeau. Yeah, you got... Uh, that's a heavyweight. Struggle. Yeah, yeah. I so. mean, Justin Trudeau, who I should say publicly... He did receive a uh, private invite to come to this show. He's only That's got a couple of days left uh, till the elections. I don't know if he's going to come, uh, but he's always welcome because so far the conservatives are willing to come. The PPC is willing to come. Even the NDP wants to come, and I said no. Uh, but the liberals, they were supposed to come a couple of them, and they chickened out at the end. Well, it's, the, well it, the, I wish you'd get them. And but, you see how I am. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna say what I, I think. Get them on. I, I don't mean. No, no. I mean, him. but I you see how I am. Talk. Like I, I'm gonna let them talk. Okay. Pantelis, yeah. anybody who doesn't want to have open dialogue, and anyone who insists on seeing the questions first, yeah. they're not interested in the truth. They're interested in framing. Yes. I will go on the most hostile platform. They can't be like you know overt violent. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll go on the enemy's channel and have them grill me left, right, and center, make me look stupid, whatever. Mm. If I look stupid. It might be because I'm stupid, and then I might have to get smart on certain yeah. issues. So it's it's the ultimate test of one's ideas. No one's going to accuse the even the conservatives are dodging certain reporters now, Rebel yeah. News in particular. Mm -hmm. But no one's going to accuse them of not being cowards when it comes to transparency. But yeah, what's the story with Rebel News? Why are they? Because uh, the way they frame them is, and I understand they're sensationalist as well. Just like every everyone is a sensationalist, they're trying to push their own agenda. But 
they're not doing anything different than the CBC is, than CTV is. Well. And the way they made it seem to me, and then I started looking at Rebel, was, uh, oh, these guys are either racist or crazy. And then the, what it looks like is they're just reporting on stuff that the other two major guys aren't reporting on. That's the, the main difference. Yeah. yeah. They're, 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 I, the funny thing is we're all victims of this as well. I remember what I thought of the PPC back in 2018 because I remember what I read in CBC. Yeah. I remember what I thought of I, uh, heard that, I, I heard that PPC, they were just racist that didn't like immigrants. That's what I, I heard. And, and, and the one example that I heard, which was a, you know, it was a legit example, was uh, some candidate in Nova Scotia put out an, anti, an anti-Islam tweet. Just, I think it was something like along the lines of Islam is evil. Yeah. I say, like, okay, fine. Bad tweet. And not a bad tweet, but wrong. Uh, does yeah. that define an entire party? No. I, if it does, the entire Liberal Party is guilty of Justin Trudeau's blackface, everything, sexual yeah. uh, so, harassment, uh, uh, corruption, yeah, ethics, yeah. I mean, yeah. slipping downstairs. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, I remember what I thought. But Rebel News, and I remember what I thought of Rebel News, or my impression back when I was learning all the stuff. Yeah, I, I read what the CBC said about them. They are bulldogs when it comes to the media. They're bulldogs in terms of being adverse or opposition to the government, whatever that government is. There is, oppo- there is opposition to the conservatives as they are to the liberals. Yeah. But, you know, they don't get the government financing. They have to raise their own money. They get ostracized by the government-subsidized media. They get demonized. They get blacklisted from the election, the debates. They uh, today had a victory. They're going to be at the leaders' debates tonight and tomorrow. Imagine they screw it up. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, they're, not, they're, not gonna they're just going to get ignored. Yeah. Alexa, I think it's Alexa Lavois. Alexis Lavois. No, Alexa Lavois is going to be there. I think they'll just ignore their questions because they're they are fundamental cowards in that they cannot take tough questions on their on their positions. And most of the questions aren't tough. For example, where's the science behind the decision? And they're like, I'm not going to talk oh, to you racist. That's a racist question. How you, is that racist? That's a misogynist question. You heard, you heard what Trudeau said on, on the I ra- made fun of him this morning because he said that people that yelled at him are misogynist. But that's like you saying that those people see you as a strong, independent woman, Justin, and they got mad that you're in power. It doesn't make any sense. Just remember, uh, we've said it before. We'll say it again. Confession through projection. It's just you, words. You have, you have him accusing others of being anti-science yeah. when the measures he's putting in have no science to them whatsoever. You have him accusing others of being racist yeah. where you have his own behavior in the yeah. past. You have him accusing others of being misogynists yeah. where he himself has had what he, his incidents with Grabs reporters, mass, yeah. fired, fired Jody Wilson-Raybould, a woman that he appointed because she wouldn't do what he said. So everything <laughs> true, yeah. he accuses of other people is true of himself. That's, that's actually funny. That you, but I, I am with him on one thing. I do agree that... Uh, just like Maxine Burney, I think, got an egg thrown yeah. at him or something. Yeah. I don't like this. You shouldn't throw stuff at them. It tell never. them, even if you want to pull a finger, tell them to go fucking I'm fine with that. Uh, you shouldn't physically assault them because here's the problem. I understand people are mad with any politician. They don't like Maxine Burney. They don't like mm-hmm. Jagmeet Singh. Once you start getting into violence, we start falling from first world to second the, and start yeah. teetering. You can't do that. Yeah. Uh, it, surprisingly, I saw a CTV report uh, coming out this morning that was actually there. It showed the gravel thrown at Trudeau, and it also showed the egg thrown at Bernier. Yeah. And that was that was surprisingly different yeah. than the others, because if you type Trudeau in Google and you type news, everything is about his assault. His, his assault. Yeah, the pebbles, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I had uh, my fight with Elias yeah. Makos on, uh, on CJD yesterday. I mean, he didn't have a fight with me because he cut me off after five seconds. That's, but that's how he rolls. No, yeah. and, then, and then he, then he, then he bad-mouthed me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or he, he talked, he had the discussion with me off the line. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this, the, I don't know who, who ran the story on Maxime getting egged today or yesterday. That happened about, I think it happened a week ago. Did, how long ago did it happen? Uh, yeah, about Se- Several days ago. Yeah. Where no one reports on it at the time. And mm-hmm. it's, it's another concept. It's a beautiful one. It's called the per- political permission slip. When the media lets certain acts of violence pass, 
against their ideological adversaries. That's all the encouragement anybody else needs to yep. up, the, up at a notch. And so they say, oh, they come down for all day, day in and day out on the radio, someone threw gravel at Justin Trudeau. And it's not to undermine that. When you do not report on actual acts of assault, and it was an egg on his head. Maxime is an absolute gentleman, didn't want to press charges, let the guy go, doesn't matter. When you have the media absolutely ignoring that, it is only going to encourage the bad players to say, look, we got a pro- we got a political permission slip pass here. Let's go do some more stuff elsewhere. Uh, to me, that's completely unacceptable all, all across the board because again, it's a very slippery slope from first world to second. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's no question. There's, there's no question it's, about it's that. Never violence. People don't like me for constantly saying it. They say there's a time when violence. No, no, but these are not it. The, Your political uh, opponent. You you, you want to make a difference? You you go vote. Mm-hmm. The, you're no, not going to assassinate him. You're not going to throw stuff no, at him. That's you, crazy. No, you heckle. You can yeah, heckle. You can heckle. You tell them go fuck us. Yeah. I don't mind. And but the, the you know the, you you don't smash eggs. You don't no. pie in the face. You don't throw gravel, even if it doesn't hurt. First of all, even if it's just gravel, it can catch someone in the eye and a scratched retina or is, hit a person next to him. That was just. I don't like any uh, of that. All, stuff. all of it's terrible. You yeah. don't. You're not going to need to, you know, ask the PPC members or Maxime Bernier too hard to condemn this. He did it unequivocally and categorically yesterday on Twitter, if not elsewhere mm. earlier. Um, but it, it's it's the necessary uh, race to the bottom when the media selectively emphasizes certain uh, acts and then selectively ignores others. And when they try to portray words as violence, that is also a very dangerous game because what they're basically saying is you're violent already by using your words. What does that say to people? Yeah, no. Well, if I'm if already violent now, we're going to talk about words being violence. The closest thing we've got is Justin Trudeau saying that unvaccinated people are a threat to children. Yeah, that's what even he said. Though, yeah. Even though children are generally not at risk of this. And, and, he's, and vaccinated he's a threat to people. The vac- they said they're a threat to the vaccinated. Get, you, and to the children. Yeah. To no, our children. They're a threat to our, our children. children. Like, there's that's, a that's, that's an important language like yeah. usage. It, it's basically defined. The way I interpret it, I think he was talking about the Jews, Viva. But I don't like the historical analogies. And there's no but. When a leader uses their podium, they're the power of their stump to get out there and use that type of rhetoric. It is reminiscent of of, of certain eras, and it is like I said to um, what's her face, uh, Jennifer Rubin writes for the New York Times. Okay. She put out a tweet, and the tweet was time to it's time period to period come period down period on capital O N period unvaccinated. What? She, yeah. she puts out a tweet. It says, time to come down on unvaccinated. I said, Jennifer, you know, before the Rwandan genocide, you had radio hosts coming on the radio saying, cut, cut the tall tree. Cut, cut, the, cut down the tall trees um, because the, the Tutsis were taller historically than the Hutus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't calls to, it wasn't outright, you know, do bad things. It was just dog whistles yeah. that people knew yeah. what to do with. And we're getting very dangerously close to that now. And, it's another part of my theory, you know, blaming the protesters for using violence words by calling Justin Trudeau corrupt and dishonest, which he is demonstrably. Yeah, he is. Uh, and then ignoring Justin Trudeau, the, pre, the, premier, the prime minister of the country, getting out there and saying, those people are putting us all at risk. What do you think happens when you demonize a minority, ethnic, religious, and, and visible minority, into being an existential threat to the majority, you know damn well what you get. And you know damn well what you're doing. The good thing is, I think it's repulsing more Canadians that it's actually uh, egging on. Yeah, a lot of people are mad about this. Canadians in general don't like that kind of stuff. They don't, we don't want to live in that kind of world. I do not want to live in a world where my neighbor's different. He's not vaccinated or he's this, he's that, he's different. I thought we live in Canada. Yeah. We're all in this together. You know, I, I asked my sister uh, at Christmas because there was a, a, a plan to sort of go around the measures. Didn't happen, but anyways... Yeah. And I asked her before, like, 
what's your relationship with your neighbors? <laughs> and I'm like, in Canada, you shouldn't ask what's your relationship with your neighbors. Like that's something you ask in East, in East Berlin, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my, my, my thing is, um, maybe I'm just reckless and dangerous. Those, un, you know, those- I hate all my neighbors. Anti-vaxxer, double vaccinated. It would never occur to me, nor would I ever do it, to ask someone their vaccination status before inviting them into my house or to even ask them that for the purposes of treating them differently. If I saw someone sneezing and coughing, I was neurotic before COVID. I'm, okay, thanks. Stay, you know, stay home. Uh, but the idea now- I want the real war to start. Pfizer versus Moderna people. Oh, they don't care. They're, 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 all, they're all dipping into the same pockets anyhow. There's plenty of money to go around for them. But if I find out any of you got the AstraZeneca, there's going to be trouble. I don't, I don't know the <laughs> distinction between the... All, all that I know is that one of them, I believe it was the Pfizer, which might have had a, a greater risk of triggering a relapse of shingles. And yeah. I, in as much as possible, I didn't want to get... I had, I had bad shingles as far as it goes, like all over my torso, oh God. over my back. Didn't get on my face or any of the sensitive spots, but six weeks of... Try jogging, and I did. I still jogged every day. Jogging with, it was about. The, it looked like the continent of, of. This was after the vaccines. No, no, no. Okay, this okay. was, this this was, was, this was actually right before COVID. This was February 2020. Oh, okay. Um, and I got wicked shingles, and I was like, jog. When you jog, oh. and the everything touches. And it just hurts. Hey, it, it itches to the point where you can feel it in your stomach, and like, oh. it itches to the point of pain, and you can't sleep, and things are sticky. It, it was all gross. I didn't want to have a relapse of that, which is one of my one of my reluctances to getting the vaccine. And someone's going to tell me. Screw, screw your medical history. You got to do it. Otherwise, you're not going into a coffee shop, which also came to the same thing because I'm not downloading that app and I am not- I'm not downloading that app. I already said. Oh, so I've never. I've done. And people are like, well, you got vaccinated. What do you care about? Because the principle of it, I do not want to comply with this nonsense. Yeah, and I, there's a lot of why do you care about it? Like I'm, yeah. I'm making more money now that we're in COVID. I'm a software engineer. Like I, I work in an industry that was completely blessed by this- Yeah this crisis and I could just sit on my butt and just like, even when they lifted the curfew, it took about a week and a half before I actually found myself outside the house at the time past curfew. But it doesn't and mean that you agree that everyone it, should it, suffer. No, yeah. it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Like seeing it from like, why, why do you care? Well, actually I should, you shouldn't wait until it affects you personally before you start caring. That's how I feel. Yeah. That's how, that's why I don't care. One of my buddies like, Hey, do you mind? Uh, Cause he wants to come see the studio because I'm not vaccinated. I didn't ask you. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I didn't ask you. Know, it, it creates it creates a shame. It creates a shame oh, yeah. where there should be no shame. A pressure where there should be no pressure. What the hell do I care? Come, I didn't even ask you. I, are, are, are you sick? If you're sneezing and coughing, yeah, COVID or home. not? Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you're don't sick, don't come. Maybe if you're not sick, what do I care? Maybe that's going to be a little bit bit more true now. But it should have been true all along that if you're coughing and sneezing, like stay try and stay yeah. home. Stay home. There, there used to be a bravery associated with showing up for work when yep. you're. Yeah, it used Almost to be brave. Dying. It's, it's, it's very so funny. Actually, I, think, I remember those times. I think that's actually a good thing. No, those ads, all those ads, like you know, the, the the moms who don't don't get to take a sick day off. Like now, yeah. oh, you're your mom sick. You are in isolation, mom. <laughs> yeah. Forget a day off. You're you're in the quarantine hotel. Yeah, your mom's sick. You better shoot her. <laughs> uh, <laughs> lock her. Well, yeah, we're not taking chances. Lock your parents in the basement. Um, but one thing we didn't ask, we didn't answer before the policies of the party, because people say like, yes, yes, th three basic policies: no vaccine passport. No lockdowns and freedom, constitutional rights. Because I like those, not, but what are you going to do about the economy, people? And not Justin Trudeau. Yeah, that's everyone's policy. That's, now. That's, <laughs> that's everyone in my district, and I'm I'm in uh, Mark Garneau's territory. Mm -hmm. I'm talking to people who are diehard liberals. They're not voting Trudeau either. It's only a question of whether or not they vote for me or the conservatives, or yeah. just go to the NDP. I think the NDP is going to do pretty well in our riding because people are fed up with Trudeau in all respects. 
But what do you do about the economy? Here's what, here's what you do about the economy. You open it up. And yeah. people who are still vaccinated, uh, sorry, vulnerable, protect them. Yeah. If you, but you don't need me to stay home if you want to stay home. Yeah. And, and, and protect incentivize work from home when it's possible. I mean, for me, that's a no-brainer. I mean, you've got office buildings emptying up because people can work remotely. Awesome. Like, as long as it's reasonable and as long as people don't feel safe, they should have the option and to work from home. If, I'm with you. Yeah. And how do you open the, you get the economy rolling again, tourism, I mean, out the outdoors, skills. You, you, you've crippled the, well, not you. Tell us you this is all my this. fault. This, yeah. The government has crippled the economy and they've made it impossible to do business or so cost intensive to do business. You could stay in business just to, you know, try to preserve what you have, but it's impossible to make money and it's impossible to grow. And it's like, yeah. these restaurants listening to CJAD propaganda again, and I think it was Natasha Hall who said, after everyone calls in and says, you know, a bunch of people saying, I'm not going to go to these businesses. I'm not going to support this. It's going to kill small businesses. And Natasha says, well, there's people out there like me who might feel more safe to spend some of their disposable income to support you. It's like, maybe. But this, anybody pretending that this is going to be good for business. Oh, this is terrible for business. Is, is, you just cut their... their, their their potential clients by half at least. You cut their potential clients, maybe by half or whatever. You cut their potential clients. You increase their costs substantially. You got to hire someone to sit at the front to check people. I mean, that's, that's wasted papers, money. Papers, please. It's, yeah. it's wasted it's money. It's wasted money, yeah. And, and, it's, and, and then it was like, well, why don't you just retrain some of the staff? Retraining the staff to do more work equals pay increase. No, so, I, I've spoken to a lot of restaurant owners. They're like, dude, I'm a cook. I'm a, I'm a chef. I'm a, I'm a, I'm not a fucking, I'm not a border I'm, uh, I'm agent. Not, I'm security. I'm yeah. now, now, I'm, now I'm the vac security of yeah. my restaurant. I mean, it's, and running a restaurant, it's like you're borderline. You're always bordering on, yeah. on catastrophe. Especially now running with these machines. COVID, it's, it's oh, been it's, ridiculous it's, that they've that some of them managed to survive, and now you're just increasing yeah, it, their, it their increased burden. cost of the, the inflation of, of of food, of beef prices, milk. Every, I mean, groceries. All costs are going up. I know. You, I went to the grocery store yesterday, and I felt that it. doesn't stop the spread. It, it, yeah, but that's it, the. It might reduce, but it reduces symptoms. Yeah. It reduces viral yeah. load, so it has a benefit. Uh, viral um, load is debatable. I, you know, I should not venture. I should not venture beyond my expertise. But it's you. You've increased the cost do. of business. No, <laughs> no. It, it is. Um, but it, open up the economy. Uh, open up the borders. If people are scared, they can protect themselves. Mm-hmm. It's the idea now that all citizens have abandoned all sense of self responsibility because Justin Trudeau gets up on his stump and says, "I want to keep you safe." You know what? I'll keep me safe. Yeah. You do your you do your job, which should be as limited as possible. Another policy of the PPC. Yeah. Small government. Mm-hmm. I like small government. I'll tell you that much. You guys are winning me over there. Uh, you, you know, I don't need the government to make mistakes for me that I can make for myself. Yeah. And v- very rarely has the government or private you know, private enterprise is different. Very rarely has the government done anything better than I could do on my own. There's certain things: healthcare, which they've botched for the last decades. Security infrastructure, which they've botched for the last decades. What I want to give them more work? It's like they've they've failed time You're and time again. You're not good at anything. You're incompetent and you want to raise. I mean, that's what the government is basically saying to us. And if the government's going to make a mistake, make a mistake on the side of freedom. Like yeah. basically, oh. err on the side of freedom instead of erring on the side of restrictions. Like I don't mind the government making mistakes. It's a new disease. We didn't know about it. Now we know a lot more about it a yeah. year in. But if you're going to make a mistake, like the principle of precaution, yeah, to a degree. Uh, but not to this degree. Absolutely not. The idea that lockdowns should ever have become common parlance of government, of governing is, is should never have been the case. Everyone's saying like, well, we all better get vaccinated. Otherwise the government's going to lock us down again. I was like, that's the problem. The fact that you think that that's the right they ever had in the first place. Yeah. That we're scared of them. They should be scared of us. The the, the, the lockdowns would have been North Korean as a concept 
until the government made it mainstream and now people accept it as like the consequence to not complying with the government. I, I would, if I'm prime minister, first day I get in there, you will never have a lockdown. And if there is a lockdown, you won't need the government to do it because you're going to stay home for whatever the reason. Yeah. I mean, that's bottom line. If you need a lockdown, people don't need the government to say, stay home at eight o'clock. It's, yeah. um, and then I guess other, other policies, immigration for one of one. For What's the now, immigration policy? Tighten it down, limit it. Yeah. Uh, make sure that you have skilled immigration But as far in. as I understand, the Canadian government, our immigration is pretty, apart from that, uh, what is that, road there uh, through the, the states? Road. Road. Yeah, people just walk in. But yeah. apart from that, in general, the criteria is pretty heavy duty compared to other uh, Western countries. I'm not sure about that. I, I'm not sure either. I, I, think, I, think it's pr- I think it's pretty, I think they've adopted something of the, um, I don't want to say cheap labor methodology, but I think they have. Um, and it's not the right way to look at immigration. First thing is, you take care of your own kids before you start talking about having more kids. Obviously. And if anybody says that that's a racist position, Canada first, we have many different ethnicities and, and religions. Yeah, no, and, that's, and that's a nation. That's and, not a... And so, yeah. like, you know, the idea of saying, well, we're going we're gonna to welcome tens of thousands of refugees. Now, and that's another thing is, like, we've sort of been treating immigration like refugee... They're not refugees, saved. all of them, yeah. No, and, and it, refugee issues are a separate issue. Immigration yeah. should be limited until we can get clean water to our indigenous populations. I'm with you there. It should be limited until, you know, the, the homelessness is under control. It should be limited until drug addiction, uh, something like one in three kids. I was listening to a show. It was called uh, La Salienne. It's the Centre La Salienne. It's, it, it operates at a Saint-Michel. And apparently, if I believe the stat that the guy said, it's uh, Paul Evra, one in three kids in Saint-Michel eats one meal a day. And it's been exacerbated by COVID. Uh, that's, uh, I think, accurate because Poseidon had pulled up stats from the government right around the time of COVID where eight, well, how many uh, kids with? I can tell you, it's going to be one in five living in poverty uh, in Canada. 40 some percent. I mean, it's 40 some percent went to school in the morning in, in Quebec hungry. Can, can you imagine that this is how we're neglecting our own kids? And now we're, we're the idea that you say, I want to take care of these issues before welcoming new issues mm-hmm. makes you racist. It makes you un-Canadian to say, we have an obligation to our current children. I mean, it's 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 putting the. I don't think in front these of words mean what they think they mean. I think all these words lost their meaning. Science, racism, they all lost their meaning because people are, are saying we're doing the scientific thing when they're talking about unscientific things. They're saying racism when racism is never brought in. I, I, Trudeau I, said people that don't like him are misogynist. I mean, yeah. Like he's a strong, independent I mean, woman. I work, it doesn't make any sense. I work in the <laughs> IT sector, right? And so high skill immigrants are all over the place, and it's awesome. Yeah, like I you want, need these I skills, but you learn. Like we have trouble filling in seats. Of course, if if a high skilled immigrant it, in IT wants to move in, like we need, yeah, come let's in. do it. Yeah. Like I don't care so about close. ethnicity, don't worry. race, anything like that. It's uh, I'm going to go back to the confession through projection, calling people who want tighter immigration racist. Some might argue that that's confession through projection because their very immigration policies are themselves racist in that they are based on exploiting cheap labor coming from other countries. You say you're doing it for their good, but you're just doing it for your own good. You say, well, nobody wants to pick the strawberries in the fields up in uh, uh, Rougemont. This is true. I didn't know that, but yeah, you're right. These are the arguments they use. Well, nobody wants to do it. Well, first of all, when when it's more beneficial to stay on EI or seasonal unemployment or to work under the table, of course nobody's going to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is like, well, we, have, we, we, have these, uh, we have these jobs that Quebecers or Canadians don't want, so our, our solution is to uh, use immigration as a subsidy for cheap labor. That's racist. I mean, I don't care what you think about it. That's not right. And some of these jobs are in, not intended to be lifelong jobs, and so they're intended to be transitional jobs or training jobs for younger people. You learn how to work, you learn how businesses operate, and you move on. It's not to I- import people 
to satisfy your cheap labor needs. I mean, that is racist. This is so such a complicated subject. I'm surprised it, they never talk about it. Well, no, it's it's just easier to say if you're at, if you want to tighten up immigration, you're racist. It's a lot easier to understand. And then when you have the CBC subsidized to a billion dollars a year and the other mainstream media is six hundred million dollars a year, don't want to bite the government hand that feeds them literally. They'll 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 toe the line, and they all want to come after me with these Bill C twelve. And they want to they sue they sue the conservative government. CBC suing the conservative government. Then you got the leaders' debate commission excluding rebel media. I mean, mm-hmm. they want to silence the opposition uh, voice, and they want to demonize it after they silenced it. I'd literally give everyone the same equal opportunity. Sure, just that some of them don't want to talk. We, Anyone who operates a YouTube channel knows who accepts invitations and who doesn't as yeah. a political delineation. Well, guys, look, I wish you the best of luck. Uh, links are going to be in the description. Yeah, Viva, they already know you. I think they do. Uh, so hopefully, <laughs> Christian, people come out, they vote. Uh, your party gets to see that you gain some interest there. But I got to tell you, man, against that oh, Trudeau kid. It's a stronghold, but like any single vote taken from him. Is a victory. But you're learning too. You get to, oh, this must be a fun learning experience. Oh, yeah. This guy learned the scumbaggery of law, and now he's learning the scumbaggery of <laughs> and, <laughs> politics. And, and you know what I'm learning? Is that when you want to run ads at places, if they don't want to run your ads, they have ways of getting around giving you the ads. They'll, they'll jerk you around, they'll give you a price, then they'll say, Oh, I made a mistake. The price is actually twice what we quoted you. Mm. You got to get it in today, otherwise, it's not going to be in the next issue. There are ways that even you know free media can find a way to not run ads for parties they don't like. But uh, Papineau writing, what is the, the limitation of your writing geographically? Oh, it's uh, Lacadie to P9 and uh, the Metropolitan to uh, Jean Talon. It's huge. Yeah. It's, oh, so yeah, that, it's huge. It's sprawling. It's east-west. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's Park X to yeah. Villeray. I would encourage, can I look at the camera? Yeah, of course. Anybody out there who wants a change in government, make a point in Papineau, and mm-hmm. you can make the same point in Notre Dame Westmount. It is time for a change. It is. And people people write it off and they say, oh, the game's rigged already, so there's no point in voting. Bullcrap. You know, not to love him or hate him. Trump got elected in 2016 despite what all people thought. Because mm-hmm. everybody thought it was going to be a great joke. <laughs> and, and these, these I'm happen. voting for the gag. <laughs> but, but these bizarre things happen yeah. when the people do not succumb or relinquish themselves to defeat before defeat. Get out there and vote. Yeah, you are not defeated. And don't vote strategically, especially in Papineau. Why would you vote strategically? It's just yeah, vote with your heart, vote I guess. Yeah. Yeah. People say, I'm going to split my vote. You never split your vote when you vote with the entirety of your conscience. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.